Northern Brewery is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDowell, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey everybody. Long time no see. Sound perky. <laughs> I sound perky or I look perky? Per- well, it you is look a little perky. cold here in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why we like it. <laughs> it is cold now in the Midwest. Yes, yes. And Scott's mother looks disgusted. So, uh, he's already bored. Yeah. Don't, don't. You don't want to listen because you're going to be disgusted. That's how we. That's how we roll here at Bruin Style. I forget, I forget how we roll. It's been a while. It wasn't as bad as the Sunday session. We were last night's show. Yes. Well, the first 15 minutes, there was Ebola, bird flu, cancer, all 15 minutes. <laughs> Just done. There you go. There you well, go. no, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Good stuff. Well, and speaking of good stuff, hmm. you know about what? our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. They got all the good stuff. Yep. For, for nice and fresh, ready to go. All the beer styles that we talk about on this show, they have all the ingredients to make a great example of every style in the BJCP style guide. I guarantee that. Yeah. They have the perfect ingredients, customer service, great shipping, everything. Northernbrewer.com. Check them out. They support the show. They pay for it, so you don't have to. So go check them out at northernbrewer.com. I think you're having a sale right now, actually. Yes. 15% off or something. I don't know. Some sort of sale. Nice. Yeah. Check I think that if, out. You, if you get in there and you sign up, they send you emails with all sorts yeah, of deals. Yeah, I think that's how I discounts. know. Yeah, like weekly. Yeah. There you go. They strongly send you deals weekly. They had a half off of, I think, a kettle like two weeks ago. Damn. I know. I was like, damn. That's some, that's some good pricing. Some cheap stainless. Well, and we also uh, have here in the studio with us the lovely Michael Fairbrother from uh, ah. New Hampshire, Moonlight Meadery. He's Welcome. come to, uh, to join us. We, uh, we spent, spent the day... Slaving over hot brew equipment uh, to brew a collaboration. Heretic Moonlight Meadery. It is a IPA, a honey IPA. What, what's it called? Orange ball, evil Bee. <laughs> After you or him? Or, no. Didn't get past that evil <laughs> it thing. Was, huh? it, was, it was Michael's so idea. My wife's nickname is Bee. So I, I didn't say I named this. After oh, fair her. enough. Well, no, you better not be saying that. No. Like uh, a bunch of uh, orange, local, locally sourced orange oh, blossom honey. Local. Mm. Uh, it's got mosaic, uh, Simcoe, Columbus hops. I think uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. a little bit of honey malt in there. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right around 7%. 7% honey malt and honey? No, no, no. 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 7% ABV. Oh, what percent was the uh, honey malt? Honey malt? Uh, like a sack in a 30 barrel. Just a little. Oh, like. Under, that's a pretty. It's a pretty. It's a pretty uh, bold uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, see, it's like. Uh, I mean, there was nineteen hundred pounds of base malt, a couple hundred pounds of honey, uh, like a fifty-five pound sack of uh, honey malt. It doesn't you, take much. No. no, it's pretty potent that honey malt. Yeah, it's gonna be a dry beer, huh? I think so. Be careful when you drink it. <laughs> Oh, It'll creep up on you. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. <laughs> One and you're done. No, 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 no. no. You do, it'd be like the Evil Three. As we're we're brewing the uh, end of December. Mitch is coming That's up. Next Tasty's month, yeah. gonna be there. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do the Evil Three. That's twelve and a half percent. That bad boy will sneak up on you. I see people oh, drinking yeah. pints of that. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> crazy. You are insane. Uh, you know who's insane is John Palmer. <laughs> I took him with me to. Uh, some some event where, out, where, we, where we had the Evil 3. And he was knocking back, like, Fun. you know, pints of, of the Evil 3. And he's like, oh, this is really good. He's like, uh, you know, what is this, like, uh, you know, 6%, 7%? <laughs> I'm 
I tell him that's 12.3%. He's like, wow, yeah, I I should slow down. (laughs) down. He like had another one. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it really hit the alcohol well. I do remember that about the beer. Yeah, it was smooth. Three beers in one. All that extra crystal we put in there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was a bunch of crystal. It was pretty crystal-y. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dark. It was dark for a triple IPA. It was drinkable, though. Oh, yeah. Enjoyable. Nice. Smooth. Delicious. Perfect. Did John ask you the same question like 10 minutes later? Hey, this is just like 6% or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I was asking about it. You be okay? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm taking the train. <laughs> no, I think I was driving. So okay. that, I'm like, all right. And have he's got like an hour to sober up. <laughs> Ooh, that was that was something else. Pretty good. Uh, speaking of something else... Um, we are uh, talking about uh, Maybach. Ellis Bach, Maybach, yeah. Yeah. I I like the Bach beers. Yeah, very good. There's no good. no mystery there. I like a, I like a good malty beer. You are Mr. Malty. Uh, th- that I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, the Ellis Bach, the Maybach, John, that's, uh, uh, you know, kind of a paler yeah. version of, uh, you know, a regular Bach, uh, you know, a uh, the Bach a little more caramelly, malty, darker. Uh, Hellas Bach is kind of like a blonde Bach. It's like the a best of both worlds kind. Of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a Munich Hellas, but, you know, stronger. Right. And I've always, uh, you know, when pushed, you know, we've got these two names. you got Hellas Bach, you got my Bach. My tends to be a little bit darker, I think. Aren't they like amber orange? I always went with a hop difference. I'm like, okay, the okay. Maybach could be a little bit more hoppy than the Hellesbach. So my means more hops. I don't you. know. I don't know. I guess. Fair enough. I, I, I think they're pretty much the same. But, you know, I, I have come across a range of hoppiness hmm. in uh, Hellesbach, Maybach examples. Do you prefer the hoppier over the less hoppy just because it's so rich and malty? No, no, I don't. I don't. I, You know, I think a little bit of hop character in there is okay. Yeah. I mean, it's never more than just a subtle little bit of, oh, there's hops. It's still um, balance, yeah. Yeah. It's always balanced towards the, the malt. Well, the Maybach probably has more Munich in it so to get that color, the, the darker color, I assume, right? No, you know, I think uh, Maybach, Hellsbach, they, they could be, they you know, be very the same pale, color. Very pale, I yeah. See. I thought the Maybach was sometimes more golden or or, uh, darker color. Could be. Could be. I I haven't experienced that, but I I certainly wouldn't uh, put it past that. Does Heretic at all mess around with this style? No, no. We haven't done any loggers yet. Why not? Uh, And it seems like right up your alley, like pushing the threshold. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's a tie-up of the... uh, yeah, you know, the fermenters for longer, but uh, more importantly, you know, I need to sell thirty-five barrels of of Maybach. I'll take a cake. Right, right. There you you go. The, it'd be the same thing with distributors, where there's like nobody's drinking porter. Sorry, uh, we we really, you know, porter, please. And then you know, now it sells like crazy, right? But like, oh, you know, that's that's really old school. Nobody wants porter. And the Grammarie. Ah, 4.4% beer. You're crazy. Uh, nah, well, I think we'll take a pass on that. So I think oh, my you want a gold works? medal at JABF? Oh, okay, yeah, we could use that. Jeez, oh, bastards. I know. They just care about the resume. Yeah, bastards. yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them are good, but some are pretty, pretty shitty. Maybe in like um, 10 years we'll do a collaboration brew. There you go. We do a collaboration. That's what I'll be of status. <laughs> Your resume will will we'll read proper. Yeah, I'll read proper. Ten more years. Yeah, ten more. <laughs> do you have an idea in mind, Jamil, of when you will uh, do a logger? Like, at what point do you, what do you have to get to? You know, equipment wise or space wise? I think the thing that, and we're getting closer and closer to this, is that our our tap room, if they can move through thirty thirty five barrels of a given beer in the time before it goes, you know, south, then we could do it. And then we don't have to count on anybody else to sell it. We don't have to sell it through distributors. That's quite a bit of beer for a tap room to sell yeah. of one style. When you have 14 different beers on, it's, you know, 
your 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 sales are divided up amongst the fourteen beers. I think you could pull it off because it's a very drinkable beer. Yeah, it's yeah. lager esque. It's crisp. You know, malty. I definitely would like to do it. All right. I think Jamil's customers might consider the cousin very drinkable. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's all it's all drinkable. Yeah, they suck down a lot of cousin. That's for sure. All right. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, John is going to give an overview of the style. And then we're going to drink some beer. And we're going to drink some beer right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. In a world where everything has been lost... What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh, no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service, comes the Home Brewer. Creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha <laughs> Yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Enjoy it, thanks. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. The best thing to happen to brewer's yeast in a century is from White Labs. For pro brewers and home brewers, yeast in the new Pure Pitch Package, powered by Flexel technology, redefines how fresh your yeast can really be. That's because your yeast is cultured, grown, and delivered all in the same Pure Pitch Package. It's never been transferred and never been exposed to the environment. Pure Pitch is powered by White Labs' proprietary Flexel container, which took six years to develop and is designed to be the best home your yeast has ever traveled in. Just cut open a Pure Pitch package and pitch the purest yeast possible. Learn more about Pure Pitch, powered by FlexCell technology, at whitelabs.com. And while you're there, sign up for one of the many great classes White Labs offers, like Yeast Essentials 2.0, coming up August 22nd and 23rd, or any one of their great workshops for brewers, distillers, and vendors. Pure Pitch from White Labs. Six years to develop, refine, and perfect. Two seconds to open. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone 
grounds are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor, and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, It's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact rain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right. We're back. Some good my box. Um, average my box. Good to average. Good to average. Yeah. <laughs> you enjoy averaging is what you're saying. Yeah. As long as it's 2.0. Average. On paper. 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> made no sense, but whatever. That made no sense. I'll tell you what does make sense. Have you uh, have you read uh, the Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery? No. I'm telling you, if you're you're looking to start your own brewery, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? You're yes, yes. You're fucking nuts. For one, you're you're. Yeah, uh, but if you might as well have a good book. Yeah, you're nucking futs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, there's a good book. My good friend uh, Dick Cantwell of Elysian. That's a good source. Uh, he wrote a book. Uh, he's an industry veteran. I mean, who who wouldn't peg that guy as you know one of the uh, time uh, uh, veterans of the industry? Yeah, I take his advice. Yeah, no, it covers ingredients, financing, business plans, quality assurance, distribution, wastewater, sustainability practices, and more. And uh, you know he knows the the everything from the brew pub to the packaging. He knows it all. The guy's been around a long time. Knows a lot of people. Knows a lot of stuff. He's actually a, a, quite a brilliant guy if you've ever talked to him. <laughs> but uh, he walks you through you know planning, execution. Uh, you know if you want to turn your your craft brewing dreams into reality, this is the book you're looking for. A comprehensive guide, uh, and it's got essential knowledge uh, that that you're looking for 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 that so check it out uh from the lovely brewers association which uh produces a lot of great books i can think of at least two <laughs> i think are awesome that they they produce but you know this they, or three with this one there's the one by charlie bethesian that uh, wasn't on my list <laughs> actually charlie's books aren't through the brewers association that's not right he's got his own deal right right yeah he, he's got his own, yeah, own he's in the middle of man what the fuck no, I'm thinking uh, How to Brew with John uh, Palmer. Right. I think that's excellent. That's good. And then there's Classic probably style. probably uh, some other. Maybe yeast. Maybe a yeast. Right. So check it out. Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brew by Dick Cantwell. Very cool. You can get it uh, all the usual places, all the usual suspects. All right. So uh, during the break, we poured some uh, examples of Maybach, and we've been tasting them. And, uh, John, why don't you run us through the, the style? Sure. Yeah, I mean... Visually, they should it should range from like a light to golden amber color. I mean, you can tell by these examples here on our table here. Uh, in the aroma, you get like a strong maltiness, hints of melanoidins, a noble uh, noble hop aroma coming through. Uh, no esters, no diacetyl. You know, maybe some alcohol perfume coming through, but it shouldn't be like astringent alcohol. In the flavor, you know, it will have a rich malty character. Uh, it should be crisp, not cloyingly sweet. Uh, some subtle spice notes from the hops. Uh, most all European malts would be used. Um, Pilsner might be even decoction brewed uh, to get some more of the color than the melanoin flavor coming through. Uh, overall, the beer is just a very clean, crisp, high-gravity beer with some flair to it. Um, one of my favorite, and one of my favorite to drinks on summer days, but I've found that 
You don't want to have two before you mow the lawn. Because then you <laughs> go a little sideways. You, you, do, you, you mow some toes off. It's hot out. And you kind of like sweat. And you're like, I don't feel good. <laughs> so anyways, that's my my box story. <laughs> your my box story, yeah. You know, the stats range from uh, 1064 to 1072 uh, specific gravity. Fish mm-hmm. around 1010. You know, 23 to 35 IBUs. Ranges 6 to 7.5% alcohol. Well, and I think, you know, the the key to this is, you know, no no caramel. Yeah, you, sh- no you shouldn't have, you know, a caramel flavor. Caramel is more towards the other box that you're looking for. And in, in the, you know, think of uh, a good Municellus. There's no caramel in that, right? That's, you know, Pilsner malt, bready, rich. Step that up to seven, you know, plus percent or, you know, around seven percent. And, uh, you know, there you're talking a good, you know, to essentially take the Municellus, step it up to a, a bigger beer. And uh, now you're talking. And what grain would you use to get the color in the style? I think, you know, a lot of it is just from increased use of, uh, you know, higher gravity. And then, uh, you know, you can decoct, which develops quite a bit of color as well. (coughs) Or you could use a uh, a melanoid malt. And that's it. Pilsner melanoid. Right. Boil longer, maybe. Yeah, and boiling longer doesn't add a whole lot of color, but it, it will add, you know, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, somebody, somebody, uh, <coughs> somebody sent me an email saying that the shows seem to be really good, except the fact that uh, uh, burping and the use of Jesus Christ, <laughs> both of which are completely Bevo's fault. So blame her. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Bevo, why are you burping all the time? There Bevo, you go. Please. I get the Jesus Christ thing. <laughs> so uh, She's yeah. Not- there you go. <laughs> she um, pointed at her headset and mouthed the words, it's not on. <laughs> there you go. Can't blame her. Uh, you know, and you can use, um, uh, you know, Munich malts, uh, Vienna malts. You know, uh, you get the six to eight, you know, 10 love. You know, uh, Munich malts come up to, you know, 20 love and plus. And you can you can use some of that to get a little bit of color, a little <laughs> more breadiness, a little more richness to that. Uh, but I'd be careful. I wouldn't go wouldn't go too crazy with that. Same thing on the hopping. I think, you know, most importantly, you want a nice, clean, well-made lager. And uh, you want that, that bready, malty richness. And then, uh, you know, then you're talking about, uh, you know, other little subtle differences. You know, in, in, you know, it shouldn't be hoppy, but a little bit of hop character in the background. I think, uh, you know, uh, at least one of these has a, a little bit of hop character to it. That's nice. Which I find, uh, you know, attractive. <laughs> Jamil, if you were going to uh, do a decoction, how much percentage would you pull off to do that? Uh, I generally don't do decoctions, but I would do, uh, you know, you could like pull uh, up to a third, I think, uh, you know, and do like a double decoction with a third, um, you know, or even a single. So melanoidin malts, your recommended way to go? Ah, yeah, you can use a bit, um, but I like, uh, you know, just going with a darker Munich, I think. I think that's got, you know, enough melanoidins in it. And really, you know, you don't want to get too melanoidin rich. I think one of the the failings of a lot of homebrew uh, box and my box and things like that and and even any any kind of German lager is people trying to get too melanoid rich. They're like, oh, decoction, I need to, you know, and they throw in five pounds of, uh, you know, melanoid malt into a, you know, 10-pound recipe, and it, it just becomes overdone, and it, you know, becomes soy saucy. It becomes not quite right. And I think, you know, more importantly, if you get a great, if I give you a, a beer that had a great, Continental Pilsner malt flavor and some rich Munich-y kind of breadiness, and that was it. You'd be like, "Oh, fantastic!" You'd be like, "Well, where's the melanoidins? Where's the uh, decoction?" You'd, you'd think that was a great example of the style, right? Right. So I think I think I think that's the you know kind of the focus for me. So less is more in this, in this style, kind of. Don't be careful with the percentages. Well, there's so many of the styles. Sure. I think we're all kind of going overboard on yeah. things. Definitely the the beginning homebrewer curse, you know. Right. Your light, the light bulb goes off, and you have all these like options, and you're like, I'm going to do it. Awesome. Yeah, it's like the you, yeah. know, you know, where one grain's good, twenty grains is better. <laughs> <laughs> True that. There you go. Uh. 
Well, and uh, <clears throat> anything else to add to that, you guys? No? Yes? Got some beers here to talk about. Okay. Well, uh, let's start with uh, Scott. Scott. Did you uh, describe the uh, the three beers? Hmm. Did we go through which ones they are? I did not. I did not. Um, we have the Straub Maybach out of Pennsylvania. Uh, Primator Maybach out of the uh, Czech Republic. Hmm. We have Blondbach from the Republic of San Jose, California. Oh, okay. There yes. actually isn't there actually a San Jose in like uh, uh, Costa there's, Rica. There's or a lot like of San Jose. There's a lot yeah, of them. Yeah. Sure. Uh, from Gordon Biersch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the, the Gordon Biersch one was the uh, the only one of the three on the classic examples. Um, the Straub was sent in. No Eyinger. No, right. they didn't. They didn't have it. What, what place do you shop at? They had all the Eyinger uh, brands <laughs> except for the Maiba. Huh? That's yeah. The uh, the Straub was sent in by our friend Gene, our uh, our contact out in uh, Pennsylvania, who sends us all these beers. So thanks for sending that. So yeah, I think that the uh, of the three, the Gordon Biersch beer was the one that had a little hop character. Um, I thought it had a faint hop character, and it had like a kind of a, a grainy bite, I guess, uh, that the other three didn't have. The, uh, the Premator had the, the skunk smell going on, which becomes all the more pronounced up against two beers that don't have a trace of it. And wh- what I did was I tasted the Straub first, and I wrote that it was uh, you know, just a clean, malty, light body beer. I thought it was good, and then I came back to it after I had the other two, and it tasted really fruity pronounced fruit character that the other two did not have um but i yeah i like the style all three of them are pretty good the the premature is, was i still thought pretty good even despite the skunk smell it was pretty faint when you tasted it um the flavor but it just was pronounced on the nose there so your ranking would be gordon beers premature and straub uh i would put the straub before the premature no. I would, i'd go gordon beers straub premature wow. even regardless of the fruitiness of the straub yeah, I guess that's I, – I like it, but I guess maybe it's not the style. Uh-huh. Is it, you should, there should be no fruitiness. Well, you're a fruity guy, so. So it would make sense that's that understand. I would like it. That's yeah. understandable. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. I actually put it, – it's downright fruity. I, that's what I wrote. Yeah, the, you know, being a logger, uh, you really want restrained fruitiness. You, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be, you know, fruity at all, really. Uh, sometimes when you're making big loggers, uh, some fruitiness will come through, especially in the, the darker box when – uh, you know, some of the grains and the like, the crystal malts and, and something kind of goes with the alcohol, and you get this a little bit of uh, you know dark you know fig or uh, plum kind of fruitiness. Esters. Yeah, you, you get a little you get a little something there, um, but not nearly as you know shouldn't be over the top kind of fruity. Shouldn't be shouldn't be ale like fruitiness. Right, right, right. Uh, let's go to Michael next. What's what's your your take on these three? Well, I uh, I like this uh, first one that I had. I believe it's the uh, Gordon Beers uh, uh-huh. one, the best out of the three of them. Uh, I thought one was uh, a little hazy. Um, so, you know, that one. The Straub, man. Yeah. yeah, the Straub is not as crystal clear. Um, and I definitely got the uh, skunky aroma that Scott was talking about on the third one. So, you know, my first place was the Gordon Strong. Gordon Strong. Yeah. Hey, well, I was brewing today. That's cool. Uh, Gordon, <laughs> the uh, Gordon Biersch, um, um beer, or Maybach. All right. John? Uh, third place would be Straub. I mean, I thought it was a little too hot on alcohol, too much uh, esters going on, mm-hmm. a little earthy. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little, it's contaminated, something going on in that bottle. Uh, I like the Premature. Mm-hmm. Um, skunky, I don't mind skunkiness because I like the water profile in this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, very minerally. Um, and I th- I like the firm hop bitterness. It kind of balanced the uh, malt character of the beer. Uh, Gordon Beers, very nice, you know. Yeah, uh, I thought the Premator was more hoppy than the Gordon Beers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the Gordon Beers one, it's one of my favorite beers to drink. Uh, I always buy their, their seasonal, you know, mixed pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Kind of a little too melanoidy, a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe kind of there's something in the aroma. A little bit drying, kind of a little biting. Yeah. In there. I, don't know, I guess not. I don't know. This seems like melanoid, like mm. sugary. Mm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go with Premature. Mm. Just because I like the water 
Mm-hmm. It crisps brighter in the hop character. It tends mm-hmm. to pr- mm-hmm. pop a mm-hmm. little bit more. Okay. So you have Premature first. Gordon Beer second. Gordon Beer second. And the Straub trailing a third. Tasty? Well, I could definitely... Uh, I did like the Premature, even though it had the uh, that one flaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Gordon Beer is just a little bit fresher, probably. You know, And then because of that flaw, I might have to... Uh, Pick it over the over the premature, the Straub, uh, you know, was way too estery. On not this lager character was definitely lacking. So I mm-hmm. I make it at third. Mm-hmm. But they're good. I yeah. like the premature a lot. Yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of the premature. Um, it's you know the the hops are a little bit stanky, but uh, you know it's hoppy. It's got a little bit, a little, you know, for a for a Maybach. Made a, yeah, maybe ding for that in a competition. Yeah, I think or it's pushing but... it a little bit, but uh, <laughs> kind of makes you come back for more though. There's yeah. like this. It's got a balance to it. It's yeah. got a crispness. The thing that you were saying, John, is the water profile, the crispness of that. I mean, it's got the 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 the, the richness of the malt, but a crispness too, which I think helps balance. I, you know, I like the Gordon Biersch. Um. Uh, but if I, yeah, I lean more towards the premature than I do the Gordon Beers. I think the Gordon Beers is nice. It not as it, it, it's got more like melanoid flavor, but not as much rich richness as the, the the background of the premature. So I don't know. I think they're both good. Yeah, uh, I think they both have you know things you know one or the other. The Straub, uh, hazy, fruity. Um, yeah, I, I, I just didn't think it was a well-made lager. Uh, nice beer, not a well-made lager. And now you've had the Eyinger Maybach, which we don't have on the table here. Yes. From the Heartland. Yes. What was that experience like? That was like... Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember blowing, that beer? <laughs> you know, first touching myself uh, <laughs> as a small child. <laughs> That's learning, good times. Learning the explosive joy of touching myself. Something else. <laughs> Tasty is disgusted. He's like, I, this, show, this show's gotten the shitter already. Well, luckily, I'm uh, brain dead here, so I, I <laughs> right. turn off my visualization mechanisms. There you go. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think all of these are fine. I, I didn't think any of them were great. I think, uh, were you saying that earlier, or either of you guys were saying that earlier? It's like, come on, we got some... Some some good beers here, but I say, but I am somewhat unimpressed. Yeah, not there was nothing really spectacular, outstanding there. I think, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Now, if you'd ordered a skunky beer like that and you were tasting it at a bar, would you send it back? Or I mean, I've had a question. lot of the premature before, <laughs> so I don't know. Now, is it normally that offensive in aroma, or I've never tried it. Very similar. I mean, it's hoppy. It is hoppy. For a, for a Mybog. I mean, it's even got, you know, some link trailing bitterness and I don't know. Yeah, it's got a bitter finish. It's like a yeah. lagered pale ale. Yeah. But yeah. with a little bit more kick. Right. A little more malt. <laughs> Speaking of more kick, <laughs> have you listened to the Dr. Humber show? No. That's kicking right there. <laughs> That's awesome. You want some kicking? You want to talk about kicking? Kicking? Keep on kicking? <laughs> Dr. Umbrew. Dr. Umbrew. <laughs> now we're talking. No, it's on It's on the Brewing Network. Yeah, so you, you get it for free. Their, right. Yeah, you know, somebody else is paying for it, so you get it for free. So check it out. You can download uh, how many episodes now? Oh, uh, scores. I mean, scores. they've been doing it for, you know, Stones, two years. Stonesworth. Now. Yeah. Two years yeah. now. Wow. They do one every uh, fortnight. Every fortnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a show every fortnight. You can get a stone's worth like that. They add up. They add up quick. That's awesome. Apparently, all the ABV does, too, when I when I drink before the show. I'm just saying. Yeah, you don't need anything. And then you come in and you drink. Oh, yeah. The show goes to shit from show one. You know, I wonder if the uh, the belching has in- increased since we've been doing it out of the hop grenade here. It has. It must have. Oh, yeah. A lot more pre-beer. Yeah. Like pre-game beer. Coming preloaded for sure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, you know, and if you appreciate the preload, you know, check out the uh, the Dr. Homebrew. They get a load right to you through the Dr. Homebrew. 
load in your face. There you go. A load in your face with every Dr. Homebrew. It's hosted by a real load named JP. <laughs> that's right. That's a that's a load right there. Yeah. Load we all appreciate. All right. Uh, let's take a short break. When we come back, I want to go over recipes for making a great Maybach right after this. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're enjoying uh, a bunch of my box from uh, my friends. My friends are lonely friends. <laughs> Would you turn that up to, to drown him out? To 11. No, I was hoping he was going to sing along with it, but he just started nodding his head uh, feverishly. Feverishly, <laughs> yes. That's what we do radio. Yeah, he, he had like an absolute fever going there. Fever. It was getting the vapors. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. We have like two and a half more hours of this, too. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right. So, uh, recipes. My Bach recipes. I will. Uh, never I will, made one. Sorry. Never made one. Yeah. Oh, Race. no. I think, now that I said, I said that, I think I did one time. Oh, it must have been really good. And memorable. No, I never won any awards. Memorable recipe. I did make my book. Uh, Scott, I'm assuming, never made. I have not. Uh, John, I I bet you, has made several times. Michael, have you ever made my book? Not a my book. A doppelbock, yes. There you go. All right. So, John, it's down to you and me. Come on, buddy. 
Give me, give me simple recipe. Give me some some Maybach loving. You it's, said during the break, John, that you're going to brew one this weekend. Is this a recipe you're going to yeah, be using? Exactly. All right, go baby. It's Hang 14 on. pounds of uh, German pills. Mm-hmm. This is for 10 gallons. For uh, five gallons. Five gallons. 14 pounds. Uh, low efficiency, 65. Okay. 68%. Okay. Okay. Um, quarter pound caramel Munich. Just a, get the Munich. No, no caramel. No caramel. Just a little bit. <laughs> Quarter pound, I guess. Mm. Just a little bit. And that's you were, it. You were such a heretic, man. I know. And then all sauce hops all the way through. Two ounce for uh, 60 minutes, two ounce at 15, two ounce at flame out. Wow. Yeah. That's hoppy. What yeast? Uh, Bach 833. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Right. I, lots of yeast. Healthy starter. That that sounds that, that sounds interesting. That sounds different. What temperature are you ferment at? Uh, 48 to 50. Probably okay. 48. Pretty All cool. Right. All right. I go starting gravity 1070. 7. 17.1 Play-Doh. I'm shooting for a 7.1% ABV. I do two-thirds Pilsner malt, one-third Munich malt. It's a lot of Munich. A lot of Munich. Uh, yeah, whoa, whoa. Is, this is what I was saying during the tasting, <laughs> man. Some Munich, some Pilsner, good continental Pilsner. What lullaby music? Uh, you can go anywhere from 6 to 10. Okay. Anywhere from 6 to 10. And then, just a dash of like a Magnum or you can go, you know, something a little lower uh, alpha acid. Uh, you're shooting for around 27 IBUs using Rager. And, uh, uh, you know, just one edition at 60 minutes, one one edition early on. So, you know, if there's any carryover, if you use a lower uh, alpha acid hop, sometimes you get a little bit of carryover hop character. Mm-hmm. I could see throwing in a quarter ounce, you know, towards the end. Not two ounces. <laughs> crazy man, you. Crazy. I could see throwing in like a quarter ounce or a half ounce in the last, you know, ten, fifteen minutes. You know, get get you some, uh, you know, some some hop hop character there. But I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go crazy on it. I like the uh, the eight thirty three as well, the German Bach. Also quite quite a favorite yeast there. Uh, the South German Lager is good. The regular German Lager is good. Uh, you know, a lot of German Lager yeasts are are quite nice for. For this style of beer, is the southern more malty? Is that whatever? I don't remember really. Um, yeah, it tends to oh, be nope. fairly malty. I I used the southern German one. I couldn't get the uh, whatever was the Einger uh, strain. Hmm. But the the Bach eighty thirty three always tends to attenuate a little bit more, right? A little cleaner, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of a healthier a cleaner. Yeah, I like eight thirty too. Just a standard German lager that that eight thirty that's a that's a workhorse. You can make a lot of different beers with that. I yeah. think that's always a good it clears up real nice, a good hmm. balance. Yeah. yeah, I have to try that. that I haven't done a German solid. lager or that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haven't done that in a long time. So you clearly were avoiding any late hop additions. I assume that's so that the malt aroma is more the driving the. Uh, Right, right. The, the, the aroma at the end, rather than the in hops, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a beer about malt. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's all malt character, and then if hops are included, it is you know just a subtle background note. It, so it you chose a that mo- neutral bittering hop like Magnum. Right, right. Uh, but you know, like the Primator, you know, we were talking. That's that's too much hoppiness. That is. It has a yeah permanent right. bitterness. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we kind of like it, but that's too much. That's too much hoppiness. And something like well, that. Well, it has that skunk character. I mean, possibly that could be right. over time. I don't know how old the beer was, but some of the malt, you know, could have dropped out of the beer and, you know, putting it sort of like mm-hmm. hop forward when it maybe mm-hmm. it was more in balance with the fresh. Yeah, you know, the malt tends to not drop. It, you know, the hops tend to drop yeah. over time. Hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know. Well, don't the know. aroma, I call it like a 60-minute addition. I typically call that permanent bitterness. I don't see that dropping out. As much as I do, like late editions would tend mm-hmm. to drop mm-hmm. out, yeah, and even, sometimes even convert to flavors that you may not want in your beer. Right, right, right. I I would say the Premator is more like a Czech Pills, yeah, brewed to you know seven point something, totally like Urkel, you know? Urkel on fire. 
Right. And yeah. the, that's where why it's so hoppy, you know, versus, you know, an actual, you know, true two German style Maybach. Hmm. I think that that's, you know, that's part of the issue. Tasty, you mentioned about late hops potentially contributing to off flavors later on as beer ages. Yeah, they, they stale, they age. That's mm-hmm. kind of like what we, you know, drink our hoppy beer is fresh. It's not because they have 60-minute hops, it's because they have a lot of late hop additions. Is, is that just because it's mostly vegetable or a, a, a hop flavor? I mean, you're not getting this bitterness from the iso acid and stuff. You're getting some, some, but not as much. Right. So that's in solution, and that if, as that ages, that tends to... Well, those are oils, say, rather than, you know, gotcha. different form of the hop, and I think it tends to age. Hmm. Certainly dry hop does, you know. I mean, when you dry hop a beer, you're, you're starting the time clock on its expiration. Hmm. Is there a difference between flavor hop and, like, last-minute boil hop additions? If you just got rid of those and you just dry hopped? I mean, you know, would these off flavors be the same or would they be different? Well, again, it's all about the amount of oil you add to, to the beer, uh, you know, late late in the in the process. So the more you add, the more you're vulnerable to like a dropping out of those flavors, and you know, you know, exposing other aspects of your beer you're not you don't want to show. But also, I I, I think that there's some age uh, character associated with those hops dropping out, the, an off flavor. Well, there's definitely you know an effect of uh, oxidation and you know heat staling on. Uh, the oils and other, you know, compounds of the hops, uh, along with, uh, you know, the acids in the beer. You know, acids and alcohols and oxidation and things like that all change the character of a beer over time. And you'd be shocked at how different a beer can be from one point to another just based off of, uh, you know, some of those little changes. It's It's substantial. Well, that makes me want to change my recipe. Like, I'm not going to do two ounces. <laughs> because we laughed at you? No, no. Because I, I was thinking, no, like... No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, yeah. The lagers will age, right? You have a right, fair amount yeah. of time. So yeah, I was thinking, but, like, that's going to drop out. But you, now that I don't want these off flavors in a yeah, lager... but you could be drinking that, you know, two weeks in, three weeks in. You know, with... with you drinking know, it, like, an hour in. Right. <laughs> that's how I roll. Yeah. The wort is still hot. It's like a hundred degree wort, and he's drinking it's a tea. it. Absolutely, while, while while mowing the lawn. Right? While mowing the lawn, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least low alcohol at that yeah. point. There you go. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah. Well, and if you want to learn, uh, you know, some of these interesting. Uh, things about brewing, like uh, you know, Tasty's talking about the hops and things like that. They cover that in the uh, Siebel Institute courses. Indeed, they do. They, you know, if you want to take your home brewing to, you know, the uh, master level, if you want to, uh, you know, learn from some of the uh, internationally renowned uh, instructors, they got them all at Siebel Institute. You can you can do online courses. You can do. Uh, on-campus courses. They get everything from master brewer to, uh, you know, uh, tastings to, uh, you know, everything uh, under the sun. Uh, they've got it. They've got a, a, a robust catalog of courses, wouldn't you say? Yes, and they can help you uh, ace your, your beer exams as well. That's right. If you want to uh, become a BJCP uh, judge, if you want to become a Cicerone, you go to the, the Siebel Institute, you're going to learn a lot of stuff that is highly valuable in passing those exams. And you can uh, check them out at SiebelInstitute.com, uh, one of the uh, nation's oldest, or the world's oldest uh, brewing knowledge beer academy. Academy. Anyone want to throw another word in there? <laughs> Schools. Wise. Wise. Resource. Resource. <laughs> Institution.com. Uh, Institution.com. They have uh, in class and online uh, classes as well. I said that part. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. On campus and and web based. Yes. It's important. Anything else? No. Do you get like three free DVDs or anything? No. (laughs) All right. I'm confused. I don't have it written in front of me. I'm going. I'm, I'm going from memory here. But uh, no, Siebel Institute. They've been around a long time and have done a lot uh, to. Educate and uh, uh, create uh, great brewers, professional and homebrew. So check them out. Great instructors, people like Ray Daniels, right there. SiebelInstitute.com. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, let's see if uh, anybody's listening. (laughs) 
and has any questions. And we'll wrap up with uh, our thoughts right after this. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and Enter to win. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling with Without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more, Zymergy Magazine, and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. And the BN Army receives 10% off their homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code AIH10 at checkout. The brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have 
designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right. We're back. Well, we could have... John yeah. was going to tell us about about oh, Sliquid. <laughs> he was going to give us the uh, Sliquid rundown. Yeah, I, I could. <laughs> you were a, a few shows ago. I've been using that stuff for a while. Yes. Yeah. You use the brown, right? <laughs> the brown. <laughs> uh, I can't say it. We're in a public place. I can't okay. do it. Okay. I can't do it. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Mike, we got the. I remember that show. Uh, you remember? You remember we were I think. I think so we had a still had a sponsor that. Uh, yeah, that's right. We had we had a dealt in something like that. I right. we had that sponsor. They found anymore. it a little too risque. I think for that's them. why we lost so them. They, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah you go, like these guys like are. <laughs> we like naughty, but that's way too naughty. Yeah, at least that's yeah, relevant sense. That's right. <laughs> right. So, so Michael, tell us about your your experience at Heretic Brewing Company. Uh, Having a, a joyous time brewing uh, Evil B. Sure, our collaboration. So, um, first and foremost, the place is spec- spotless. You know, you walk into the brewery, the the fermenters were massive. I was just in awe to see the size of them. He likes the size of my fermenters. Yeah, you know, they they were massive, shiny. Lots <laughs> <laughs> well, of girth. And it, what's really noticeable if you look at the. Um, the structural plates that are holding the fermenters onto the floor. The first ones are bolted to the floor. Oh, my God. The second ones aren't. Hey, hey, I haven't gotten to bolting those down. Don't tell anybody. Well, as far as I could tell. So that earthquake that we had not not too long ago. The the Napa earthquake? Yes, yes. And and they're they're showing the... uh, the earthquake, you know, uh, how it reaches out and in, in, in the intense shock areas in Fairfield, it was like right through our brewery, and uh, fermenters are fine. Did they move? No, they didn't move as far as you can tell. No, the ones that aren't bolted down didn't even move. Did, it, did anything move? Was there damage? Uh, a keg tipped over. It was By sitting there or on its own. It was like an empty sixth barrel keg was like oh. stacked, and I guess it wasn't quite flat or something. A hundred percent balanced where it was sitting, and it tipped over. I'm impressed, Jamil. Like you know exactly the placement. Yeah, down to the sixth barrel yeah, keg. The security system. I'm not surprised though. Place. One keg budged. Otherwise, no. No, no, no yeah, it's we were amazing. You no, knew we're that. on top of it. The ab- atmospheric pressure went yeah, down by three. Should have bolted up. <laughs> I noticed a slight yeah. crack in the sheetrock about twenty feet up my, the wall. My yeast cells were down by. <laughs> oh no! You know, all, all my guys. You know, I, I, I joke around. You know, quite a bit about. Uh, you know, the uh, Neanderthals we got working for us. But um, no, actually, they're 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 quite uh, attentive and uh, you know knowledgeable. And and when something like that happens, they start looking around and thinking. And, uh, you know, they're, they're like, hey, you know, this mark on the wall, was this here before? It's like, yes, that was there. You know, this keg, was that tipped over before? No, it wasn't. Looking out. So, you know, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm real pleased. What time, uh, it, it happened like at five in the morning or something like that? Three. So, three, in the morning. three in the morning. So nobody was there when it happened. Right. So when you came in, you do. I was kind of a little ter- concerned. I, I was guess. Ter- kind of terrified. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I was going to send Liz especially to drive with, down there. Especially things that weren't bolted down. Glycol right. lines hanging down. Oh, I imagine all, all sorts of things. If a tank had tipped over and tore the glycol from the roof or, you know, yeah. gone or yeah. all the product in our, our coal box is three tiers high. And maybe that tips over, you know, tears the whole, you know, the entire coal box down or who, who knows. Uh, but, you know, Chris doesn't live too far away, so he jumped in the car. And, so you and got a heads up before... Uh, you got there. You knew that things yeah, were okay. couldn't, couldn't really find anything wrong. 
like you got biometric security system for the yeah and like holy cow (laughs) yeah Yeah. right i get a tingling in my nether regions when when something goes wrong yes Um, did you feel the earthquake up in uh, sacramento no okay i was asleep but you're here yeah there you go i mean you know i probably had a tingling in my nether regions (laughs) wasn't from the earthquake thanks to the missus those things that you described that you're worried about, yes, you know, all of those things, I guess, could happen, right? Like if a sure. real earthquake hits? Yeah. Well, that was a real earthquake. Uh, it wasn't a fake earthquake. It was a real one. Yeah, there were quite a uh, number of uh, wine barrels that got knocked over. Right. Somebody, Unless a bridge some, falls over. Somebody died. They, you know, like their bookcase Yeah, but they them. had no... Oh, no. really? Yeah. I thought it was just yeah. like some old person had a stroke. You know, they no. count that as earthquake right. deaths. Right. Oh, that yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, no, the the thing that kills people is, you know, you have bookcases full of stuff and shelves full of stuff, like next to your bed. Not and three a.m. The, the whole thing tips over with and, no anchor. And hits you. <laughs> it's in the head, yeah, and not anchored down like John's saying. I have a kid. Uh, that kills people all the time. Yeah, really. And so I, I didn't I didn't read that that uh, someone died yeah. in that way. So okay, you know, well. don't, don't stack crap up all over the place. You know, high and heavy. Uh, you know, your your uh, your custom-made Machu Picchu, you know, block of stone. Pokemon card? You know. <laughs> Imported from. <laughs> right. You know, it, it falls over and, yeah. and hits you in the head. That that giant five-liter bottle of uh, Moonlight Mead, you know. There you uh, go. That'd be worth it, though. The, the Magnum? Off. Yeah. The right, Magnum right of the Mead. Dome. Yeah. It kills you. Yeah. What a way to go. Yeah. You thought it would kill you by drinking the whole thing by yourself. <laughs> and it wasn't alcohol poison. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I guess just because I, I lived through the uh, the 94 Northridge earthquake, which was quite mm-hmm. a bit bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, the people in the apartment buildings in Reseda, where the entire building pancaked on them, like n- no bookshelf next to right. any bed. That's a real earthquake. Like sure, your building sure. fell down. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's all. And so if something like that hit, I mean, these are these are real concerns, are they not? The, the, the you know, the glycol oh, sure. getting ripped from the whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. Does uh, it worry you? No. I mean, if it happens, it happens. As long as nobody dies in our building, I'm good. You know, all the rest we can recover from. You might die a little inside. Yeah, you know, you can't. Are you killing them softly? The, 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 <laughs> the, worst, the worst thing that can happen. I was thinking about this earlier today or yesterday or something. It's funny you mentioned this. I think the, the worst sin possible is when you own a business and one of your employees dies or gets injured because you were trying to save money. That has got to be the worst possible thing you as a business owner can possibly do. That is the most horrible thing on the face of the earth, if you ask me. That is valuing money over somebody's life. Yeah. And I, you know, I understand, you know, like... Uh, you know, you got to make choices in medical care and all that stuff, and you know how far do you go and all that. That's one thing. But if you're like, well, I don't want to pay the you know five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or ten thousand bucks for this piece of equipment or that this that or the other thing, and somebody gets killed, you're a real son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you are. You're you're really and and it, but you you understand as a business owner, the money's just not there sometimes. But you gotta, you gotta, you know, have that vision of safety first. What could possibly happen? You know, is this something that like, is going to make the product better? This is something that's going to like, you know, in, result in more sales, or this is something where somebody could get killed. At that point, if you didn't realize somebody could get killed, I, I, I could forgive you then. But if you realize somebody could get killed and you decide not to do it because you think, well, it's not worth it, then you're real, you're real, uh, you know worthless human being we have a weird version of, the, of that issue which is we you know we have that we have the, <laughs> here at the hop grenade yeah the hop grenade. yeah well and <laughs> the abstract really more it's at the brewing network here in the studio because we keep the air conditioning on um you know on uh, up to 11 you know yes. to keep everybody in here comfortable because uh-huh. we got 15 warm sweaty dude bodies you know just uh making it balmy and then poor bevo sitting in her booth has to freeze her rear end off and so we're actually sp- she looks like she's surviving we're spending extra money and we're gonna we might kill an employee. It's cold in here. You'll survive. Come on. I'll survive. Doesn't look that cold. Uh, it's, it's real cold. cold. Right. Just saying. But yes, I right. you're, you're you're totally right. We stand try not up to and let's see how cold it is. <laughs> Again with the sexual harassment. She's a hired gun hey. now. Whoa. 
Need to get her a you Snuggie. Watch out. A little hop grenade Snuggie. Hop grenade Snuggie. I actually own a Snuggie. That a girl. Surprised you haven't worn it yet in there. <laughs> I should. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, here. I think that was another fine show. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. And uh, if you're listening live, uh, all all one or two of you, uh, we've got the uh, Fruit Lambic show coming up next. Fuck oh. her up, Buttercup. Yeah. And I know, I know. Fuck her up, Buttercup. <laughs> I know Scott has uh, cracked open his own private stash. Oh shh. Jeez. A little I dug, something from Cantillon I dug coming, deep. coming by. I dug real deep. Nice. So nice. deep. Now we're talking. <laughs> Sleep. He, he stuck his fingers in and, and pulled pulled deep. Absolutely. It's real tangy. If you like to pull deep, <laughs> like a check, check, out, uh, check out our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com. They dig deep for you every single day. So go check them out and uh, buy your uh, ingredients for a fine Maybach there. Uh, check out the Brewery Network store. Lots of goodies there. Uh, books, glassware, hoodies, hats, everything. And when you buy from the Brewing Network store, it goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. Until then, everybody, Bruce Strong. And Ivan.